Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, in previous broadcasts, we have talked about personal relationships like forgiveness and reconciliation. But that has generated questions about how this works. Matthew 5 and Matthew 18 both speak about forgiveness and reconciliation. Can we expand on that further? Let's begin by reading what Jesus said in Matthew 5. You have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not murder, and whoever commits murder shall be answerable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be answerable to the court, and whoever says to his brother, You good for nothing, shall be answerable to the supreme court, and whoever says, You fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Before reading further, notice how important it is to Jesus that we settle issues before they escalate. No dishonorable put-downs of a person's character. Every last person on earth is created in the image of God, and his love for them is impartial. Calling them a fool could pave the way to hell for you, so Jesus adds, Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering before the altar and go, first be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. Come to good terms with your accuser quickly, while you are with him on the way to court, so that your accuser will not hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the officer, and you will not be thrown into prison. Truly I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid up the entire debt. Matthew 5 and Matthew 18 both talk about a similar issue from two different perspectives. In Matthew 5, Jesus addresses what to do if I have done something that has offended my brother. Notice the Holy Spirit convicts while one is worshiping. God does not want us to become hypocrites. So while worshiping, like praying, reading scripture, I recall the incident that happened and what I did to the other person. In Matthew 5, the key to remember is that we committed the offense against the other person. The fault is ours. They have something against me for what I may have done or said to them. So the obligation on my part is to initiate the contact, to leave everything and go to them and ask them to forgive me for what I did that harmed or offended them. That is Matthew 5. Now we look at Matthew 18. Scripture says, if your brother sins, you can see the difference immediately. My brother has sinned against me. That is the first difference from Matthew 5. This person is a brother in Christ. Now look at what it says next. Go and show him his fault in private. I am to go to him in private and tell him or show him his fault from Scripture. That takes a lot of courage, Jim, to go to a Christian friend and say, here's what you are doing that is not biblical. Exactly. And it has to be a biblical principle. The person has broken not a cultural faux pas or some personality quirk. You cannot say, I'm offended by your bad breath or your hairstyle. 
It has to be a genuine biblical error or sin the person has committed against God that has offended you. Then comes the next part, Jim. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. It would be hard for Jesus to make it any plainer. First, in Matthew 5, Jesus says, If you have offended your brother, the obligation is on you to initiate the contact. Leave everything and go to him. Ask him to forgive you for what you did that harmed or offended him. Then in Matthew 18, Jesus says, If your brother has offended you by his non-biblical words or actions, the obligation is on you to initiate the contact and go to him and show him his fault in private. Then Jesus says, But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that on the testimony of two or three witnesses every matter may be confirmed. Pablo, have you ever had this happen to you? where someone tried to correct you, you refused to listen, and they showed up with one or two more to hear both sides of the offense and bring about reconciliation? I have been approached by people I have offended, and I have gone to those who have offended me, but it has never gone to that second level. Usually the first visit solves the offense. Same with me. It has never gotten to the second level with two or three elders at my door because I refused to listen to the first person and apologize for my offensive, non-biblical words or behavior. Jesus says, and if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, he is to be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. We have authority given by Christ himself to seek to make relationships right. If we have offended our brother, we're to go and ask for his forgiveness, Matthew 5. If he has offended us, Matthew 18, we are to go and tell him his erroneous, non-biblical words or behavior. In either case, the responsibility is ours to go and be reconciled. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can receive a free PDF of Men Alive by sending Dr. Jim an email at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. And next we come to what is perhaps a misunderstood verse in the New Testament. Jesus said, Again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. I agree, Pablo. I remember as kids if we went to a church meeting in a heavy rainstorm and hardly anyone showed up for the meeting, someone would solemnly announce, well, it's recorded in scripture that Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. So let's begin the meeting. What that well-intentioned leader did not seem to understand is that promise was made for the occasion when one or two gathered together to hear and try to resolve a dispute between two brothers in Christ. That's a big difference in meaning. Let's talk about how this reconciliation and restoration process works. Paul, over and over in Scripture, we hear the heart of God speaking when he speaks about us living in peace with healthy relationships. Psalm 133.1 says, How good it is for brothers to dwell in unity. 
Hebrews 12.14 adds, As much as lies within you, live at peace with all men. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22 identifies three categories of character qualities. The first three are inward within ourself, love, joy, peace. The second three are outward towards others, patience, kindness, goodness. And the final three are heavenward towards God, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's that middle section that we are considering. So let's apply this Galatians 5 model to Matthew 5 and Matthew 18. And Paul, for a moment, let's role play for our listeners so they know how this would work. That's fine with me, as long as we stay friends after these 60 years. Okay, in Matthew 5, I am the one who did wrong against you. I caused the offense. And while I am worshiping, I recall that you have something against me. So I am to leave my time of worship and go and be reconciled to you. Jim, if you come to me and admit you were wrong and confess that you did something that offended me, that would be a very easy thing for me to accept and forgive because we both would know that what you did was wrong. The relationship could be easily restored. I would have no reason to bear any grudge against you for what you did. We could both carry on as though we were normal. Now comes the harder part, Pablo. Matthew 18. This is more difficult. In this case, you sinned against me. Now I am the one who is offended, but you may not even be aware that you have offended me. So I am to go and tell you your fault. It has to be a biblical fault, not some cultural issue like your big beard or your personality idiosyncrasy like the editing of my writing. It must be a biblical error that you have committed and I am to go to you in private. Our wives and kids, like the ones closest to us, are usually the first ones to recognize when we speak or behave in an unbiblical manner. Or as a good friend, I may say, Pablo, what you said to me was rude and unkind. And according to 1 Corinthians 13, it was neither kind nor loving. In most cases, you would just say, I was wrong, Jim, please forgive me and it would never go to the second level of my bringing two or three friends to witness my telling you your biblical fault. I'm glad to hear that, Jim. Is this the end of our role-playing? Yes, it is. And I have a little insight about you, Paul, to tell our listeners. Back in 2001, Paul was speaking at a conference in Midland, Texas, in the USA. The master of ceremonies who introduced Paul had a Texan nickname like Billy Bob. Billy Bob introduced Paul and said he is a man of dignity, joy, and strength. I agree with Billy Bob. I have been blessed, Pablo, to have you as a longtime friend for over 60 years. And each time we asked each other for forgiveness, it happened. It reminds me, Paul, of the question Peter asked Jesus. Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me and I still forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That number 70 had great significance to Peter. Jewish men knew that the children of Israel had been told to let the ground lie fallow without planting every seventh year. They disobeyed for 490 years, and then the Lord sent them into captivity in Babylon for 70 years while the ground lay fallow. 
Hearing that number 70 was a shock for Peter that reminded him of the need to obey the commands of Christ lest there be consequences beyond his control. Is there a person you've offended? Go to them in humility and ask forgiveness. Is there a Christian brother who has offended you? Go to them and show them their error. Just as God provided a way to restore us to himself through his son, Jesus of Nazareth, so he wants us to maintain unity and good relations with our brothers and sisters here on earth. There you have it, men. Our goal is to restore relationships in a spirit of gentleness, watching that we do not be tempted to become proud in the process. Request your PDF copy of Men Alive at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. And until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.